doing that. also want to welcome those who might be listening to this online or watching it online. A blessing to have you with us as well. We are in the middle of a series uh, called Follow, as you see the, the graphics and, and probably already knew that. And as I mentioned at the very beginning, um, this is a series where we're really taking a look, a hard look at what it means to follow Jesus with our lives. And if you've missed any of the messages in the series, as always, I encourage you to listen or watch online. You can find those both in audio and visual form um, on our website, so please make use of that as, as needed. But to get going today's message, I have a question for you to consider, and I'm going to ask you to do a little bit of class participation today. You can talk within your families, though. The only caveat with that is that if you see someone who came by themselves, I want you to ask them to be a part of your family for a couple seconds, okay? So everyone should have someone to talk to. Here's the question I want you to think about. It's not spiritual. It's just a question to get you thinking. What modern convenience could you not live without? And you got to choose one. And one of the things I've noticed is that modern convenience for some is like 50 years ago, you know, depending on your age, and, and then modern convenience for others is not quite that long. But what is a modern convenience that you just could not live without? Share with people in your family. Make sure everyone has a chance to talk, though. Go ahead. Fifteen seconds. Five seconds. All right, I'm sure there are some really great things shared. It's amazing how many new things we continually have as a culture and as a, as a people. Um, did anyone mention air conditioning? Anyone mention? Dan, did you grow up in a house without air conditioning? No, <laughs> There you go. So in essence, you grew up in a house without air conditioning. Um, I thought of air conditioning because I grew up in a home without air conditioning. And I remember in July and August, some of those days where you'd be sitting at dinner and there'd be sweat just dripping off your elbow onto the table and just... Going, trying to sleep at night and just could not get comfortable. Um, I don't know if you know the answer to this, Dan, but others might. Where does a person go in the Midwest when they're trying to sleep but it's too hot? Exactly. Young children who never had lived without air conditioning, that's what you do. You go to the basement, and that's what I would do. Um, so air conditioning is better than sweat, right? Yeah, okay. Next one. Uh, anyone mention the internet? Yeah, I mean, if you didn't, probably the item that you mentioned has something to do with the internet, I bet. Phone, yeah, lots of cell phones, right? Um, remember, remember life without the internet? Remember, um, I remember as a kid, my parents making this really difficult decision uh, as to whether to buy a set of world book encyclopedias. We don't need to make those decisions anymore because we just go to Wikipedia and hope it's right, but... Uh, <laughs> The, anyone uh, remember the thing called uh, Yellow Pages? You'd have to get out a book 
to look for the plumber or the electrician or a lawyer or a church, right? I mean, most of us don't even have phone books anymore. How about this one? Remember the time when you wanted to watch the Cosby show on Thursday night? It was a brand new one and you missed it and you never knew if you'd ever be able to see it? I mean, maybe in a year it'd come back on reruns, but if you missed it, you're out of luck. I mean, (laughs) the internet is better then and it was meant to go off the screen, okay? All of these things and more in, in a lot of ways. Uh, last one, anyone mention the Segway? <laughs> I've, uh, I've got a picture here of Jason Seahusen riding one. I pulled that off your Facebook page. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, Segway. Paul Blart, Malcott made him famous. You know, what an awesome modern convenience. I'm surprised no one... All right, I'm not so surprised because the Segway is not greater than walking. Walking is still better than, than the Segway, and not all modern conveniences are, are necessarily helpful or good. But the reality is, is that we naturally enjoy things getting easier. And in most areas of life, that's quite all right. I mean, it's better to be able to just look something up on your computer than to have to run to the library to check out a topic, right? Or it's, it's, it's easier to be able to, um, you know, pay online than have to write a check or whatever. You know, the examples could go on and on. In general, this is something we believe, that easier is better or greater than difficult. Now, the challenge is that when we take this, I guess, natural way of thinking, and then we hear Jesus say that life with me is better, that life following me is going to be greater, and we find out that it's not easier people become disillusioned with God. There's this, there's this fill-in, it's our first fill-in for today, that following Jesus is better. But that doesn't mean that it's easier. That making decisions in life that are in line with your faith, that are in line with following Jesus, will always be better. But it's not always easier. And if, if you are brand new to the faith or you're someone that's not even sure what you believe, I, I just want to be the person to tell you this and, so that you're not disillusioned later. Because there's been more than one person that's become a Christian, have been promised certain things that they thought were true for their earthly lives. A year later, find out that their life is same amount of challenges, maybe even got worse with earthly challenges and feel like God lied to them or feel like God doesn't love them or feel like God doesn't care because Jesus said, when you are with me, you will have life and have it to the full. But following Jesus will be better. When you follow Jesus, you're going to have more peace. You're going to have more confidence in no matter what situation. There's going to be a deeper joy and a deeper purpose in life. It will be better but I'm just telling you, if you're really following Jesus, 
it won't always be easier. Sometimes doing the God thing, sometimes following Jesus will actually be harder than if you didn't. And this, my friends, should not surprise you because Jesus himself predicted it to be true. There was a a time about a year into Jesus' ministry. He had gathered the the 12 leaders of the church, or that would be the 12 leaders, the 12 disciples. He had been teaching them for about six months or so. They had seen his miracles. They had heard him teach. They had heard him share certain things about who he was, and they were starting to catch on to what it meant that Jesus was Savior. And now, as Jesus was the master teacher and trainer, he decides, I'm going to send these guys out on a little mission trip. I'm going to give them some practice at preaching and teaching. And before he sends them out, he gives them a pep talk. But it's not like the pep talk that your football coach gave you that said, you know what, they may be bigger than you, but you can beat them. (laughs) What he told them was, you're going out and this is going to be really, really hard. This is going to be really, really difficult. I just want to let you know. And I'm going to be with you. But it would be easier to stay here. It would be easier not to go out, (laughs) not to follow. And because I don't have time to go through the whole chapter, we're just going to pick off some verses right at the end. Verse 34. This whole section, these are hard verses, but you're going to be, you're going to grow as we get to sort of teach through them today. Here's what Jesus tells them. Don't suppose, because a lot of people are supposing this, don't suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. <laughs> I didn't come to bring peace, but I, brought, I came to bring a sword. Now, in every service so far, I've had people kind of wrinkle their eyes at this statement. And I totally understand why. Because just two weeks ago, Pastor Ben had an entire sermon on storms in life and storms on the sea, and that with Jesus, he calms them and he brings peace to your troubled life. And here Jesus is saying, I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. Well, what about the angels when Jesus was born? Do you know the angels said, peace on earth, goodwill to men, goodwill to people. So what's Jesus saying here? Did he kind of lie to the disciples to get them to leave their jobs and follow him, and now it's like a bait and switch, and now he's changing his message? Jesus isn't changing anything. What Jesus is saying is, catch, don't miss this, there's two kinds of peace. The peace that Jesus came to bring The peace that you can have when you follow Jesus is peace between you and who? God. Peace between you and God. And let me just say, you didn't always have that. Um, This past week, the refrigerator in there, in the kitchen, it's better now, um, smelled like a combination of rotten Parmesan cheese and garlic. And, um, yeah, wonderful, huh, right? And I usually put my, my lunch in the fridge, but the smell came between me and the fridge, all right? And it's better now, but I needed to get rid 
we needed to get rid of the smell, okay? The Bible, in more than one place, speaks of sin, our wrongdoings, our inability to follow God like a stench in the nostril of God, okay? You don't like bad smells. I didn't either. God, when it comes to sin, feels the same way. And so Jesus was the ultimate cleanser. He came and he wiped out the stink. And by faith in him, you and I are wiped clean, are washed clean as well. And now we can have a relationship. We can have a peaceful relationship with God. That is the peace that Jesus came to bring. Now it's interesting. Peace with God also means then that there's peace in here, right? Peace with God can bring peace here. Even in the most difficult times, even the most unknown times, your peace gets rocked. But there still can be peace for a Christian in here, knowing that there's peace up there. But the peace that Jesus is talking about that he didn't bring or didn't mean to bring is peace between you and who? Good, you're listening. On the flip side, though, peace between you and other people, necessarily. Peace between you and a sinful world that we live in. That sometimes following Jesus will mean that there's conflict between you and the world. Now, there's a million examples that I could give on this. You've told me my sermon's already long enough. So, I won't give you a million, but I'll give you a few. Then we remember Jesus saying this, John 14, before he leaves, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one, and in context, that Greek word means nobody, okay? No one <laughs> comes to God, has a relationship with God, except through me. So how many other ways are there to God? How many are the other ways are there to heaven? How many other ways are there to peace with God? What would happen if you got up at your place of work, stood on your chair, and said that? What do people think sometimes if they know you believe that? It's not that you don't love others. It's just that you want them to come to know Jesus. What happens when we as Christians follow Jesus and believe what he says, especially in our culture, there's a conflict, isn't there? And we can choose to hunker down and to change what we believe or to, to not share truth and love with someone when given the opportunity. Never get up on your chair and announce this, okay? But God opens doors for you. And we can choose to shrink back or we can choose and love to share the truth because we care about them. I'm telling you, sometimes following Jesus brings conflict and a lack of peace. Um, think about God's direction for our lives and in all areas. Family, sexuality, finances, purpose, every area. All right? And then think about the messages that we receive from the world. And think about some of the things that God has directed us to do and some of the things that God says that are wrong, 
And then to think about how does the world react if we were to say that, or even a friend if you were to share that in love. Even in the most loving way, it can be difficult. Because sometimes it's difficult for you to hear it. Sometimes it's difficult for me to hear it. And sometimes following Jesus isn't easy. It's better. But it isn't always easier. I'd like to tell you that the verses get easier. They don't, especially this next one. Jesus continues with this pep talk. For I have come for the purpose of turning a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. That happens a lot, actually. A man's enemies, <laughs> a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Now, some of you are thinking, wow, I didn't know my family was biblical. I mean, this is why Jesus came, the situation that I'm in right now. Lots of problems. It's not what Jesus meant. It's not what Jesus meant. Jesus would rather have your home filled with peace, would rather have your home all centered around Jesus and there be peace there. But what he's saying is that sometimes when a family or people in the family follow Jesus and some choose not to, there can be conflict. There can be difficulty. Sometimes following Jesus isn't easy. Can I, let me give you an example of this. When I was a kid, there was a family that my parents were good friends with. And I was too young to remember all the details, but I, I do remember the, uh, the main idea, the main details. Their daughter, when she got married, married someone who wasn't a Christian. And so she also started to follow a faith that didn't believe in Jesus as Savior. This was the president of my dad's congregation. Strong Christian family. There was a great deal of sadness and uh, just fear for their daughter as she decided to to leave the faith and, in, in essence, to stop following Jesus. And I will tell you that this family, the, the parents especially, were some of the most godly people I know. And they didn't do what sometimes is common to do in difficult situations, just kind of wash your hands of it or disown or whatever. They lovingly navigated that situation with truth and with grace. There were thousands of prayers said. I know that because my parents said prayers about it. There's probably still prayers being said for her, I am sure. But do you think that in the midst of that situation where truth needed to be shared, this is not okay, my daughter, that there was ever conflict of a daughter against her mother? Do you think there was ever tension? Absolutely there was. But what would have been worse is if those parents did not follow Jesus and in turn share truth and grace with their daughter, and they're still praying for her today. Sometimes following Jesus isn't easier. Next verse, 37. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me, Jesus, is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Jesus intentionally picks the closest earthly relationships that we could have because he wanted to make a point 
which is the most important relationship you have, your children has, your spouse has with anybody is their relationship with Jesus. More important than their relationship with you or yours with them. Verse 38. And anyone who doesn't take his, up his cross and follow me, following means taking up a cross, is not worthy of me. Jesus said this a, a different way, very similar way, a few uh, days or months later when he said to Peter, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, there's different types of crosses. Some of you bear crosses or have borne crosses that are out of your control. Illness, sickness, the, the loss of a loved one, those are crosses that are out of our control. These are not the types of crosses that Jesus is speaking of here. Jesus is speaking of specific challenges that occur because you or I or the 12 disciples choose to follow instead of not following. And the reality is that the disciples, at least three or four of them, they literally, years later, took up an execution instrument called the cross followed Jesus and died on the cross that they carried. <laughs> you and I are blessed that I can say with pretty much 100% confidence you'll never have to carry a literal cross to your death. But what I do know is true for you because it's been true for me. There's these moments in life, sometimes daily, where you and I have choices. We can follow and carry a cross, a difficulty, it's more difficult, or we can follow ourselves and make things easier or more in tune with our goals or our views or how we're feeling on that day. I have seen hundreds of examples of people carrying crosses in the name of Jesus in this congregation over the years. I think of a, a gentleman uh, who came to Bethlehem not so long ago that just recently told me that the pace of his job did not allow for him to follow Jesus or be an instrument to his family the way that he wanted to. And so for him, for him, that meant quitting his job taking a new one that paid 50% less because that allowed him to follow. And he felt this was not an, only an important thing to his family, but in some ways a faith thing. So I'm not telling you you need to quit your job. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you that it's most important to follow. I think of a teenage boy from a number of years ago who came to talk with me and said, Pastor Ben, the friends that I have at school... They're not a good influence on me. And I'm finding myself thinking things and doing things that are just not in line with my faith. I don't know what to do. And we talked about options. You can be an influence on them. Try the best you can. Might be some other options. About a month later, two months or so, Pastor Ben, I've decided to actually find new friends. 
I wasn't able to influence them. It's not good for my faith. Do you you know how hard it is as a teenager to try finding new friends? I was like amazed at his faith. (laughs) I think of volunteers at our church that come on Sunday morning, even stick around for two hours instead of one so that they can both help in fusion and go to church, and they could be somewhere else. But they've committed to, I don't know if I'd even call it carrying a cross, but in some ways they follow Jesus instead of doing what they want. I think of volunteers on Wednesday nights. I I think of volunteers yesterday morning that would have been a perfect morning to get stuff done around the house. They came here to get stuff done. Uh, Awesome. We have hundreds of examples like that, of ways that we choose service versus me, versus comfort, versus the next latest and greatest. Because Jesus is my best. Because Jesus is my life. Um, Our next fill-in. Salvation costs you nothing. Following Jesus will eventually cost you something. Let me share with you what uh, an author wrote that I I read uh, some of his book on prep for the service. He said, uh, if you don't feel like following Jesus is costing you anything, you probably aren't following Jesus. Now, I don't know if that's 100% true all the time. It was his words, but there's something to that. Following Jesus will eventually cost us something. will mean God's will over my own. Now, If this is your first time at Bethlehem, you're like, why in all the world would I want to do that? Why would I want to be a Christian? Sounds horrible. It is absolutely not. Following Jesus is better. Doesn't mean it's always easier. But look at how Jesus ends this section, verse 39. Whoever finds all that he wants in this life in context, but doesn't have Christ will lose everything. And whoever loses his life, meaning loses my goals as number one goals, my will as number one will, but instead puts in God's will and direction for my life as number one and and mine second, will for then, for Jesus' sake, will find life. Have you ever been in a moment in your life where you're like, this is the life? It usually has something to do with the beach, the sun, and a drink, all right? (laughs) This is the life. Maybe it's just as easy as the kids are getting along today and we're eating supper and no one's arguing. This is the life. There's these moments where it's like, this can't be better. If you're skeptical about whether following Jesus is worth it, Jesus is saying, it can't get better. It could get easier. Can't be better. All the things that following Jesus means, especially speaking of eternity. Our last fill-in, I think it's my first fill-in that has never been, it hasn't been a word. <laughs> following Jesus is greater than the easy life. 
You know that uh, Jesus perfectly modeled this? When he came to this earth, or even before he came, he could have chosen what was easier. And every step along the way, he could have chosen what was easier. But then he chose the cross. And in the process, you know what he chose? You. Jesus Christ chose you and me. And now he wants us to spend each day with him. He bids us, he asks us, follow. Sometimes it's hard. And you are going to screw up and you are going to make bad decisions just like I do. But then there's opportunity to not only be forgiven, but to follow better. And here's what I guarantee you. Someday, when you and I, having followed Christ in our life, look back on our lives from heaven, never once are you going to ever regret a decision that maybe was harder in the moment, but allowed you to follow. As we pray today, there's probably something in your mind and heart that sprung up during this message. A situation, an attitude, a circumstance where you're faced with the choice to follow or God or myself. I want that thing to be on your heart and I'm going to pray for you, okay? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you chose us, that in your grace that we cannot explain, that you came to die for us, that we might be your children. Dear Lord, you have now invited us to follow, and some decisions, some days are harder to do that than others. Lord, we all right now are thinking of something. You know what it is. We'd ask for your wisdom to best know what your will is in this particular circumstance and the strength when that will is revealed to follow. We pray all this in Jesus' name.